Welcome to Chase Oaks. We are so glad that you have joined us this weekend. We have been in a series called Far From Perfect, looking at a biblical character who was indeed far from perfect. If you're here today, if you're watching this weekend, and you find yourself in a boat that maybe you're, you're not a church person, perhaps uh, you came this weekend and you heard someone singing songs in front of you and you thought, man, they just got it together and they're, they're perfect. I just got to give you a little secret. They are far from from perfect in case uh, you saw some people on the stage singing songs they're really good you know and i and i love them but i just got to tell you they are far from perfect in case you think that because they put this headset on me that it somehow magically made me awesome it doesn't i'm telling you i am far from perfect now jeff is close to perfect but that's on him okay but i just got to let you know that you are welcome here and just so you know, the person on your right, person on your left, the person sitting in the back and the person sitting in the front, man, if, if you saw them in worship singing a song, or if you, perhaps you might have even seen somebody like lift their hand, the only difference between them and you is they've just surrendered some of their imperfections to God. And I think that's what we see in the life of Abraham. In case uh, you haven't caught the previous messages um, in this series, I encourage you to go back and check those out. Uh, just to give you a little bit of recap of who Abraham is, God comes to this very imperfect man and his wife and says, Hey, I'm going to use you to change the world, not just for now, but for a very, very long time. There's something I want to do through you. And guess where we're going to start? We're going to start with you getting pregnant, which doesn't sound like a big deal, except Abraham and his wife Sarah at the time, they were old. When I say old, I'm not talking 40s, 50s pregnant old, okay? I'm talking she's in her 90s, he's in his hundreds, okay? Both of their plumbing isn't exactly ideal for pregnancy, okay? So God's like, I got something I want to do with your life. And they're both sitting back going, there's just no way that's going to happen. Which I'm with them. Okay, I'm with them. But then God does what God does. Something miraculous. And so what I want to zoom in on today is a very hard time for Abraham and Sarah. Her name's actually not mentioned in this story, but she's definitely a part of this story. Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 says this, it says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Like, anybody here, do you, like, like tests? Like, there are some people that, like, enjoy taking tests. I am not and was not one of those people in my education in middle school and high school and college. I never enjoyed taking tests. And guess what else? I never enjoy taking them in life either. But here's what I know about you and, and what I know about me is that tests show up at our doorstep whether we like them or not. Ready or not, here the tests come. And sometimes they come in unforeseen circumstances, perhaps an unforeseen job layoff, perhaps an unforeseen diagnosis, perhaps an unforeseen divorce coming. Somebody leaves you, an unforeseen 
loss. Perhaps for some of us, one of the biggest tests that we have ever taken was an unforeseen pandemic coming our way. They're all tests. Sometimes the test that you and I experience comes not in the form of a circumstance, but they come in the form of a person. (laughs) Do not look at that person right now, okay? Do not look at your test, okay? But we all got somebody in our life that tests our patience, okay? A lot of us are on spring break right now, and we got our patience tested all week long. Sometimes it's a family member. Sometimes it's a colleague. Sometimes it's a boss. Sometimes it's a neighbor that we would simply say that just has a special place in our heart. But nevertheless, we can find ourselves tested. What I love about the scripture is that when a test came Abraham's way, the scripture says that Abraham's first response was, here I am. Which typically isn't our response. Like if we knew a test was coming around the corner, we'd be like, okay, how can we go the other way? In fact, I found that a lot of us desire to have a testimony. But for us to have a testimony, a God story, I believe we also need a God trial. A God test. For if there was a website that had all of God's tests, I don't think any of us would sign up for them. But here comes Abraham going. I'd actually like to be God tested. So, Lord, whatever it is that you have for me, here I am. And I love what it says in this big test. It says, verse 2, he said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, who is a miracle, by the way, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. In other words, I just want you to go in this direction, but I'm not actually going to tell you exactly where I want you to go. Verse 3 says, so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took Two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. This is no small test, ladies and gentlemen. Sacrifice your one and only son. I mean, I think for some of us, we're okay obeying God. As long as it lines up with something that we prefer. Growing up, there used to be missionaries that would visit our church. These were people that were doing a great work in ministry in often what would be third world countries. And I'll never forget, it felt like every missionary that would come visit our church, they would have the same story. They would say, you know what? They used to pray, God, whatever you do, don't send me to Africa. And guess what he did? He sent me. To Africa, which gave me a theology of prayer. So I began praying, Lord, whatever you do, don't send me to Hawaii. Okay, whatever you do, I just, I just don't want to go to that God-forsaken place. Whatever you do, Lord, like, like you're going to trick God into this thing. But, but isn't that most of us? Like we would, we would love to obey God as long as it fits our plan, especially our 
five-year plan. Like, Lord, if it's, of course I'll, I'll go in this direction as long as it's convenient. But I just, I'm looking at this test that our far from perfect Abraham is going through. And it's, it's not conducive at all for what's in his future. And, and it's interesting. God's not even giving him the full picture. He's like, hey, go to Moriah and, and I'll let you know on the way. And, and here's, what I, here's what I truly believe with all of my heart. If God gave us the full picture of where he wants us to go, we may try to go there without him. We may try and cut corners. And, and here's the deal. If you're single here today and I said, hey, uh, you're going to be married without question in two years. Your first question would be like, well, what do they look like? Give me something. Like, I come on. Give me the full picture, buddy. Like, what do you got? Like, if I told you there was going to be a new promotion, if I told you there was going to be a new house, if I, if I told you that there was this preferred future, like, we all want to know what it looks like. But if we knew exactly what it looked like, we may not even bring God on the journey. And, and here's what I want you to know this weekend. Every single person watching, listening, whether you have a relationship with God or not, I want you to know that God wants to go on a journey with you. In fact, it's not even about the destination. It's about the journey. And it would be a shame if you found yourself doing a bunch of things for God without God. No, God wants to commune with you. He wants to be on a journey with you. And for Abraham, he, he's, he's at a place of where in the world am I, am I supposed to go? And mind you, not only is God testing Abraham, he's also testing Sarah. Because Abraham, he's the one that's having these amazing conversations with God. He's walking and talking with God. And one night he's having a conversation with God. God's like, hey, tomorrow I want you to, you know, like sacrifice your son, burn him up on some wood. And uh, good luck with that with Sarah. Sarah's asleep in the house. And now Abraham has got to go home and explain a God plan to his God wife. Good luck. Hey, bae. You sleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind you, in this point in the story, scholars believe she's about 110, okay? So you gotta understand something. She sleep and she tired, okay? She, she tired, tired, okay? So, nevertheless, Abraham's gotta explain this to Sarah. Hey, um, uh, sorry, Miss Dinner was out talking to God. You know us, we're close. And, um, here's the deal. Uh, I was talking to God tonight and, uh, He's got a great plan for us. Hey, you remember that time God came to you when you were like 90 and told you like he would give you this miracle son and it was going to be great and we're going to be a blessing to the nations and we're going to change the world. Yeah, uh, so God wants me to go to Moriah to a mountain I've never heard of before and wants me to um, kill our son. You good? Like how is that supposed to go? With Sarah, like, not only has he got a God test, now his marriage is about to be tested. And I just, I just love 
what the verse tells us next. It just it says on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. It's interesting. Abraham sees this as worship, except there's no singing and there's no band. But he has trained his ear to obey God in whatever he asked him to do. And he's just, he's going, hey, and he's got this crew with him. And he goes, hey, well, you guys stay here. And, and we can't bring everybody along the journey. Me and my son, we got business to take care of. And we're getting ready to go worship. And then it says, and, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and and laid it on Isaac, his son. And, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And, and Isaac said to his father, Abraham, which is pretty amazing. He says, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Isaac, <laughs> scholars believe uh, Isaac was in, in between the ages of like 15 and 25. So, dare I say, strong enough to take an 135-year-old. Okay, just, just letting you know. Okay, if we're, if we're comparing strength to strength, I, I, I got my money on Isaac, okay? And Isaac, he's walking with the crew, and then Abraham's like, hey... <laughs> Y'all stay here. Me and my son are going to go worship. He's like, yeah, that's right. We're going to go worship. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, dad, uh, you said we was going to worship, but we need a sacrifice. So uh, where, where, where's, the, where's the lamb at? Abraham didn't tell Isaac he was the lamb. That he was the sacrifice. Perhaps he told Sarah, but he forgot to tell. Isaac. And I just love what Abraham said to his son. Verse 8 says, Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they both went together. One of the most beautiful pieces of this story is that Isaac laid down his life. He's going, hey, Dad, whatever we got to do to worship, I'm in. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a foreshadowing of what Jesus Christ would do for you and for me. Lay down his life. Because I can just imagine if my dad came to me and said, Hey, son, just so you know, we've got to go sacrifice you today. I would say, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> Not Isaac. 
We're in this thing together. And I just love that Abraham trusted God's character. Can I encourage us as parents and grandparents? Perhaps the greatest thing that we can instill into the next generation is the ability to hear from God and trust Him. That highs, lows, we just are the kind of people that say, hey, we, we, we trust God. I, I remember in, in 2019, I got a phone call from a, a business client of mine who at the time represented about 70% of our business. And uh, they were calling me a couple days after Christmas to let me know they were canceling our contract. I literally remember the streetlight I was sitting at when I got the phone call. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. My family was in town from out of town for the holidays. And I remember sitting at that streetlight. And um, the person that was letting me know that the contract was being canceled on the other end, they were, they were in tears. They said, we just don't do this to people. And it just breaks my heart. And I just, I just don't know what to say. And I said, I, I'm going I'm to tell you. Um, inside, I was absolutely devastated. But this is what I said out loud. I said, hey, I just want you to know. I trust God. I trust God with my life. I don't trust my talent. I don't trust my skills. Great ringtone, by the way. (laughs) I trust God. Why? Because his character is, is that he provides. And so as grateful as I am to have had the opportunity to work with you guys over the last 18 months. I trust that God will provide. We're going to be all right. And I think that's important for our families to see. Ups and downs. And have been fortunate to have many clients since. And guess what I do when I get somebody new? I go, it's great to have you. Just so you know, we trust God. We trust God and we try and do the best that we possibly can. But at the end of the day, we trust God's character in our business, in our life, in our home. And I think the greatest thing that I can teach, that my wife and I can teach our children, is at the end of the day, we trust God. Not just when we're in need. Sometimes when we're in plenty, letting go of something to go, hey, we, we trust God. Sometimes I have to say no to invitations. That I go, oh, but man, it would be great. But dude, if I just did... Hey, at the end of the day, I I trust God. God will provide. I got to encourage you this weekend. Trust God's character. And I just love that Abraham spent enough time with God to know his character. Enough to be able to share it with his son. Enough for Isaac to go, I trust your relationship with God. That I would lay down my life enough. That's how much I trust you. My open prayer is that we would be in the same position with the people that we love. Story goes on to say in verses 9 through 14. It says, when they came to the place of which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there. And laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar. On top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand. Took the knife to slaughter his son. Verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. 
And he said, once again, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now that I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. If I'm Isaac laying on the altar right now, I'm going, you mean I trust God? I don't know what you're talking about. Me too, okay? You need to put me in this thing. Verse 13 says, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Whenever I read this story, I get a pretty vivid picture of a father and a son walking up a mountain with great trepidation in their heart, thinking about what is going to happen. And I don't know who it's harder for, Abraham or Isaac. Or Sarah at the bottom of the mountain screaming, I can't believe you did this to me. And like, I just, I don't know who has it more difficult with this test. But as they're walking up one side of the mountain, being tested with fear and doubts in their heart, I can't help but have this other picture of the angel of the Lord coming up the other side of the mountain with everything that they would need. For that test. And I just, whenever I think about that, I think if we could see our life as God sees it, obeying what He asks us to do, it makes so much sense. Because I just, you could just imagine this father and son walking up a mountain, but if they knew that God was coming up the other side of the mountain with exactly what they would need for that test, well, they would walk up the mountain with a whole lot more joy. We're going to be all right. We good. We good. We good. And I just have to wonder what that would mean for your life. If we could see our life as God sees it, obeying what he asks us to do would make so much sense. I mean, it, it would be so easy for us to just go, you know what? Of course I'm going to do that. In fact... Um, I've gotten an opportunity to sit across from a lot of people. I've never met one person that said, man, one time I obeyed God and it went terrible. It was, it was worse, I, the worst things ever happened to me in my life. No one says that. I've never met anyone that regretted obeying God. And so I just have to wonder if this weekend God's been nudging you to do something outside of your comfort zone. You've just been going, nope, that's crazy. Nope, I, would, I could never convince my wife of that. And no, my son thinks I'm crazy. No, 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 no. I just have to wonder what it would look like for you to say, here I am. Yes. I'm in. Because, I, again, I, I just look back on my life, and I find it quite interesting the things I used to worry about. 
I find it quite interesting. Like when I look back on things that I had so much trepidation on, going up one side of the mountain, feeling tested in my life, thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through this season. When I look back, I go, wait a minute. Didn't God provide every step of the way? And every time I needed something, God was there. I remember the, the very first time I, w- I was invited to, to speak to about, uh, I think it was like 9,000 people in an arena. Now, what most people don't know about me is uh, before I preach or speak, I get incredibly nervous. Like, I get the BGs, bubble guts, like, I, just, I can't eat. People are always, like, trying to stuff me with food before I'm like, guys, you don't want that. Like, this won't be good. I just need my space. Okay, I need an empty stomach. I need a clear head. Like, let's get this thing going. And so I'm getting ready to speak to these 9,000 people. I'm in Nashville, and uh, the client provided, like, uh, an assistant for the morning to, to just like, I don't know, like hand me water. I'm just like, thank you. I didn't need a, a whole person to do that, but that's, that's okay. And so uh, I'm just like, you know, kind of like pacing in the back and I'm like hiding my nerves. Like I'm cool with it. I'm like, what's up? But inside I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And so um, I'm just going back and forth. And it was about one minute before I'm getting ready to step on stage. This guy doesn't know me from Adam. And he just puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. And he said, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you give him every word he's supposed to tell us today? And I thought, here I am coming up one side of the mountain. And here's God going, I'll meet you at the top. With everything you need. Provision is very interesting because a lot of times we find ourselves praying for it. And sometimes we fail to realize that we are an answer to somebody else's prayer. And so now I think about like what that guy did for me that day. And I think, Lord, would you help me be that for somebody and so, yeah, sometimes I'm at a restaurant and sometimes I'm at the mall and sometimes I just go, I'm going to do something different because I got no idea who's walking up some tall mountain and going through a test. And I just so happen to be at the mall at the same time and going, wait a minute, Lord, could you use me to provide something that they need right here, right now? So, yeah, you might be here today and you might be going through a very, very trying time in your life. And I pray God would provide you with everything you need to pass your test. And I also pray in this season that you would be the kind of person that also is a provider for somebody else's season. But at the end of the day, I think we have to do what is described at the end of the story as Abraham. And it says, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. I don't know what you want to mark your life. 
But that's what I want to mark mine. I pray that at the end of the day, what marks my life is that I've obeyed the voice of God. This weekend, you might be here praying for God to reveal something to you. I would simply propose, have you obeyed what God nudged you to do last? Sometimes I think we're looking for new vision, new revelation, a new picture, new insight. But I have to wonder how you're doing with, with old revelation, with old wisdom, with old pictures, old insight that God showed you a long time ago. My prayer for you and me, as perfect as we are not, I pray that we would be the kind of people like Abraham. That during times that are definitely, dare we say, testy, may we be the kind of people that pass the test and trust that God is coming up the other side of the mountain with everything we need to pass it. God, I thank you so much for this wonderful church. God, I pray. That whatever test you put in front of us, may we be more like Abraham, the kind of people that say, here I am. And Lord, would you help us simply obey whatever it is that you ask us to do. And God, I pray that we would trust that you are coming up the other side of the mountain with everything we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say it. Amen.